The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome to Passion, a show all about sex, love, and relationships. My name is Paris. I've been sitting in for Dr. Lori while she's been on vacation. She's going to be back with you on Monday night. If you would like to connect with her, if you can, if you would like to write her an email, it's laurie at drlaurie.com, or you can connect with her on social media. See all her adventures across Europe at Dr. Lori Batito on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So tonight on the program, we're going to talk about our sexual blueprint, sexual belief systems, shame, guilt, how we should be speaking to our children. Um, In essence, how we help shape their sexual identity and their sexual belief systems through conversations, actions, and what we expose them to. So we're not going to just, we're not actually going to talk about sexual education. We're just going to talk about how sexual belief systems and blueprints are built. And we're also going to discuss living an orgasmic lifestyle, holistic pelvic care. Uh, And that's a lot to cover. And seeing that I'm not a doctor like Dr. Lori is, I have called in the expert for the past 25 years. Janae Paylet has worked in the health industry as a sexuality and intimacy educator and coach. She works with people from all walks of life, single people, couples, anyone who wants to explore different paths of pleasure as far as their bodies go and their minds go. So she's the author also of Living an Orgasmic Life, and you can find out more about her at powerofpleasure.com. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, Janae. Thank you so much, Paris, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Well, we've spoken before. And we had a conversation that wasn't quite as long, and we did not get to cover everything that I think we should be covering together and discussing. If anyone wants, is curious to know, because we're, we're going to cover a little bit of what we discussed before, because it's extremely valuable information. But if you missed it, you can head over to my Twitter. I have actually tweeted it. It's um, I've tagged Janae. It's at Power of Pleasure on Twitter. And you can see the first part of our conversation there. It's on SoundCloud. But I highly, highly suggest uh, that you listen listen tonight and that you also listen to um, our previous show together because again we spoke about a lot of things that we're not going to discuss in detail tonight so just to go over the basics Janae um, can you tell us first of all can you tell us a little bit about how you ended up being a lawyer and then becoming a sex and intimacy coach oh sure Um, so I was a lawyer living in New York City um, and I was in a, I was married, so I was in a sexless marriage for over 25 years. It wasn't completely sexless because I have two children, um, but it was pretty much sexless, especially as we define sexless these days. And, um, you know, my, my reason for not having sex with my then-husband was really related to the fact that sex was very painful for me. I had a condition called vaginismus, but of course it wasn't diagnosed. And um, I just kind of decided after our second child was born 
to stop having sex. It wasn't an immediate decision. You know, it it never is. It just sort of happened gradually. Um, And, you know, unfortunately, there was nobody I could talk to about what was going on. I really couldn't talk to my husband because when we tried to talk about sex, we like blew up. Um, I couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable talking to my doctors. I felt very broken. When you feel like you can't do something that you're supposed to be doing and everybody else is doing, it it makes you feel very, um, a lot of despair and broken. And I also didn't feel like I'd talk to my friends about it because as far as I could tell, they were having good sex. And so, you know, I just did what I needed to to protect my body and honestly my sanity um, and just kind of closed up shop. Uh, And it kind of stayed that way until we decided to get a divorce. I mean, when you stop being, when you stop having intimacy with a partner, a lot of things happen that are unexpected. And one of the unexpected things that happened is that we stopped having any kissing, any cuddling, any touching. We ended up sleeping in separate beds for almost 15 years. And um, so we were a very good parental unit, but we were not lovers. You know, we really weren't in love with each other and we weren't lovers and it was just kind of roommate functional kind of marriage. So we both decided uh, when I, right around when I turned 50 or before I turned 50, that um, we were ready to separate from each other. And we did. And um, I had the good fortune to meet somebody in New York on OkCupid who had done some Tantra. And I was really nervous about dating because of the fact that I felt very broken and I just didn't know how to tell men, you know, I can't have sex with you. That's just not something that works for me. Um, But this guy was pretty open and I was able to talk to him and he said to me, I think I have something that's really going to be great for you. And that's what happened. He introduced me to the world of Tantra and sacred sexuality. And it was um, it was life changing for me because I had experiences around sex that I'd never had before. It was just a whole different way in which um, we talked about sex. It was a whole different way in which sex actually happened. Uh, and I felt a connection to my own sexuality that I had never felt before. So it was very life-changing. And that um, was caused me to decide I needed to take a very deep dive into this. And so I ended up leaving New York and moving to California and just taking pretty much every sexual training program that I could get my hands on and did that over a several year period and then decided this is what I'm going to do with my life. <laughs> no more lawyering. I'm re- I'm really going to um, help other people who have similar struggles, but there's just not that many uh, people don't know that there are people like me who are out there who can, who are I'm not a therapist. I'm actually a coach, and I actually can work with people in a different way than therapists work with them. So it's very powerful. We're speaking with Janae Paylet. She is a former attorney, and now she is an author and sexuality and intimacy coach. We're going to be discussing sexual blueprints with her. We got a little bit of a background um, on how basically she's transitioned from a very academic background and very I imagine it was somewhat of a corporate structure that you had to a very um, open and engaged and not that lawyers are not open and engaged but the dynamics between you and your clients I imagine are a bit different 
Yes. And much more intimate. (laughs) Um, I wanted to talk, I wanted to start off by talking about sexual blueprints with you because it's something that you go in depth about. And I'm wondering if your sexual blueprint had to do with the fact that you did go so long with you know, accom- being accommodating in a sex in, in what you call a sexless marriage. Do you believe that your sexual blueprint had something to do with it? And is it something that you recognize in other people? Just a quick yes or no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> Perfect. No. So we're going to yeah. get an elaboration on that. We're going to find out what a sexual blueprint is, how it develops over time and how early in life it starts developing and if if it's something that you can control or if it's just something like is it something that starts off early and that you can adjust over time or is it something that you can work on we are speaking with Janae Paylet she is a sexuality and intimacy coach she is also the author of living an orgasmic life you can connect with her at powerofpleasure.com this is actually my second conversation with her you should definitely go listen to the first conversation I had with her a few months ago head over to my Twitter account at Paris Mensa to check it out. You're listening to Passion. We're on weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Sitting in tonight is Paris Mansouri. Welcome back to the program. We are speaking with Janae Paylet. She is a sexuality and intimacy coach. She is the author of Living an Orgasmic Life. You can connect with her on powerofpleasure.com. And if you're just joining us by any chance and you're wondering where Dr. Lori is, she's on vacation. She's going to be back with you on Monday. So we started uh, off the show with Janae explaining how she transitioned from being a lawyer into becoming a coach and uh, essentially sharing with us how she did live in a sexless marriage for a long time and basically how she was able to transform her life and the education that she gave herself and received and all her studies have are now helping her help other people. So my question to you was about your sexual blueprint and it's something that you talk at length about. And I was wondering if your sexual blueprint had anything to do with um, basically the circumstances of your marriage. Is that something that I'm just trying to get an understanding of how sexual blueprint works and how it affects us in our lives? Yeah. I mean, definitely the sexual, my sexual blueprint had a big impact on what happened in my marriage um, because, you know, our sexual blueprint, it's, it's like the, uh, it's like the, the building blueprint of our sexuality, just like a blueprint in a house. Um, and it's made up of all of the experiences and the messages that you received around sex as a child, as a, as a young adult, as a teenager. And for me, um, I had a number of very shaming experiences around masturbation uh, as a young kid, you know, like first grade, second grade, um, and some experiences that really made me uncomfortable with touching myself or with my body. And it started to cause, unbeknownst to me, it started to cause this association of like 
sex is about anxiety and shame and it's nothing about pleasure because anytime I might start feeling pleasure when I was touching myself, something bad would happen. Um, and so that definitely came into my marriage because coming into the marriage, I was so sexually disconnected from my body. Like the very first time I had penetrative sex, it hurt before I was married and it never got any better. And I also had a lot of anxiety about sex and a lot of anxiety about oral sex. And um, I never had any pleasure. So I never knew sex to be fun or pleasurable. I only knew it to be something that you had to endure. And who's, and, how, how does that get created? Is it because of, you know, sexual education in high school? Is it because, you know, our parents don't speak to us about it? Is it because we're not taught that it's supposed to be pleasurable and we only get, you know, there's either abstinence education or it's a very technical education. It doesn't really delve into the psychological part of it. What are the different factors that led to that? Yeah, I mean, all of the above. You know, I grew up with a mother who was basically asexual. She was a widow at a very early age, and she never dated. And so there was never any talk about sex in my house. That was definitely a big piece of it. The, you know, the early experiences I had of being shamed for playing doctor with a girl, with a with my best friend in first grade and getting caught and getting in, well, so much trouble, right? And then she moved away at the end of first grade. And I, I thought for years that it was because I was such a bad person. Um, those type of shaming experiences are, are very powerful. And yeah, like nobody talks about, you know, Sex I certainly didn't talk about it back in the you know when I was growing up in the in the sixties and seventies, and they still don't talk about it very much that sex is supposed to be about pleasure right that's that is completely you know a piece that's that nobody really talks to children about or teenagers about um and so all of those factors combined really made me feel very disconnected from my body. I also, other another thing that happens, and this is very common with women as well, is that I had very um, painful periods growing up and a lot of accidents. And like everything having to do with my sexuality was a disaster, Paris. It was like, whoa, like I don't want to go near this, right? There, this is nothing that's fun or enjoyable. And all of those, you know, what happens with your blueprint is all of these early messages, all of these early sexual experience, the first time you had sex, right? First time I had sex, it hurt. Um, all of this impacts and you bring this into your adult relationship with sexuality. And then we have to work through, you know, what that actually means. What are the um, steps? And, you know, what are the steps to that? We're speaking with Janae Paylet. Uh, she's the author of Living an Orgasmic Life, and she's a sexuality and intimacy coach. We've been discussing the sexual blueprint, and you know there are multiple elements and years and incidences that build our sexual blueprint, and it's all individual. We each, it's like a blueprint, a fingerprint. It's original and unique to each of us. How can we, especially those, are, I'm sure there are thousands of listeners right now who completely identify with what you're saying because the resources aren't really available to us. Like the nurse at school, you're not really going to have that kind of conversation with them. Your parents, you know, you have that birds and the bees conversation, but the all everything that you were discussing in terms of masturbation, in terms of the feelings of uh, guilt and shame, those aren't place like 
our friends who are teenagers or even in their early 20s, when, you know, the blueprint is getting formed, aren't equipped to answer our questions. So let's say somebody is in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and they've had this buildup. I feel like there's not a lot of conversation around the blueprint and how you can kind of break it down for yourself and understand how your sexuality is so deeply rooted in in previous actions that you don't even realize. Um, yes, that's very true. I think that's part of the reason that I do the work that I do. And I wrote the book that I wrote because I feel like there aren't a lot of resources that are out there. You know, this is not something that is really taught and talked about. Um, and, you know, I feel like the internet has provided some, in some ways, some support because, you know, you can you can watch Brene, for example, you can watch Brene Brown's TED Talk on shame and vulnerability, right? This is very much part and parcel of the experience that we all have around shame, around body image issues, um, around shame, around sexuality. And um, there's not a ton of people talking about shame. Uh, I think she's made it a, a more if you will, PC word, you know, <laughs> right? but um, which is fantastic because it's something that we all experience. There's not a person on this earth who has not experienced shame. And when we can just start to talk about it, you know, like one of the best things that you can do, honestly, is like to sit around with a group of your friends or with your partners or with your girlfriends and just like share, like, these type of experiences, like what did you experience about puberty? Who told you about sex? Who taught you about sex? What type of messages did you actually receive? You know, and then the more you talk about it, the more you normalize it because you realize like, oh, I'm not the odd duck out. You know, everybody had parents who did not talk about sex, you know, and we all were kind of fumbling around and nobody really good got ed got good education. And many of us had a religious indoctr indoctrination around not having sex before um, marriage, or if you were sexually active, then you were a slut shamed, right? So that's one of the best ways for us to begin to diminish the impact of it, of just to begin to talk about it and normalize it and just realize, oh, okay, this is actually something I can talk about and I'm not the only one having this experience. And it's very powerful to be able to do that. How about the experience of, of the children in our lives, whether they're our own or whether we have nieces or nephews or younger cousins, younger relatives, what are some of the things we should be cautious about uh, in in basically supporting them in their development and not creating these sentiments of of shame and guilt and you know this discomfort of discussing it or or feeling like they've done something wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think it starts really, really early on, like when they're seven months or eight months old and they start, you know, discovering their genitals and you know, not shaming them, not sweating their hands away. And when they're three and four years old, right, and they really, I was just talking to somebody the other day, and he was like, yeah, my four-year-old just found his penis. I'm like, great, well, how did you handle that? And he was like, I just said, isn't that awesome? You have a penis, doesn't it feel good? You know? <laughs> and so giving them, like, these body-positive images, like, yeah, like, Genitals are there and they feel good and, you know, it's something to celebrate rather than something to be ashamed of. And also as they start to get older, right, 
starting to like also give them the messages around, yeah, you can touch yourself, but you know, that's something that we like to do in our own bedroom in private, right? That's not something that we share because you do have to send those messages out to children as well, but there are ways to send it out that don't make them feel shamed that help them really celebrate their bodies and the fact that their bodies experience pleasure that we're actually you know, that's our birthright to be able to have pleasure. So I think it starts at a very early age. And then really modeling, you know, positive sexuality and positive intimacy for your children. If you're a parent, you know, letting them see you kiss, letting them see you hold hands, letting them see you cuddle in bed, cuddling with your children in bed, and, you know, normalizing that so many people were so touch-deprived as well. That's another thing I see, like particularly men, you know, that up until a certain age they got touched and then there was no touch at all, right? And so we lose that whole concept of what intimacy is. Children learn from the behavior of their parents, the way they model it. We're speaking with Janae Paylet. She's a sexuality and intimacy coach. We're going to continue the conversation. We're going to discuss what mind shifts are necessary to have more satisfying um, and fun sex life that's coming up. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 sitting in tonight is paris mansouri welcome back to the show i am sitting in for dr Lori. she's away until monday she's been on vacation in europe I've been encouraging you to go over to her social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Dr. Lori Batito. She's been sharing her travels, and it is definitely inducing travel envy. Uh, tonight, we are speaking with Janae Paylet. She is the author of Living an Orgasmic Life. You can connect with her at powerofpleasure.com. And we've been talking about finding our sexual blueprint, uh, about shame, and I wanted to talk about the mind shifts that are needed to have more satisfying and fun and exciting, uh, juicy sex life. All the positive adjectives that we can add to it. Because, Janae, as we've been discussing, our sexual b- blueprint does dis- d- basically define our behavior when it comes to intimacy with a partner. I'm wondering what mind shifts are needed for, for that to change and for it to become uh, more positive and pleasurable. Well, I think the first mindset shift, first of all, and this is an easy one relatively for all of us, is just to be able to realize that your beliefs are not your beliefs. They did not come from you. You know, they were conditioned. They were they were forced upon you by your parents, by society, um, by religious institutions and cultural institutions. And that's a very powerful. You know, when we when we realize that, we're like, oh, actually, this isn't my belief. Then I can look at what is my belief, right? How do I actually feel about my body? What? How do I actually feel about sex? And how do I want to live my life as a sexual being and a sexual um, a, as an adult? So I think that's like the number one big overarching way to be able to um, to change, if you will, the conditioning that we have. And this is true of all of the conditioning that we have in our life, right, is we get to make a choice um, and we get to have more autonomy on it. So that's one piece of it. But your question about, 
you know, what are the mind shifts that we need in order to have more passion in our love life and more juicy in our life, in, in our love life? You know, there's a number, but I'm going to speak to just two or three of them. Um, the first thing, I think this is one of the most important mind shifts that we need to really focus on is that we really need to lose the expectations and the goal orientation. That is something that really ends up hurting our ability to be able to be really in our body and enjoy our experience with our partner or our lover. Because, you know, if we're up in our head and we're wondering about what our body looks like or being um, anxious that we're not having an orgasm or thinking that it's taking us too long or concerned about what's happening with our partner, then we're really missing what's actually happening in the moment and um, it's very important just to take those, you know, we're such a performance-oriented and driven society, but when we can take that off, we can really just allow ourselves to drop in and experience what is rather than, you know, what we would like to be. And I, I can give a, my own personal example, like with a partner just recently, we were having a beautiful, like, fun, sexy time. And it was clear I wasn't going to have an orgasm, but it still felt so good, you know, and I was able just to be in the moment and just say, oh, my God, this feels amazing. I'm having so much pleasure. I feel all of these sensations in my body. And I didn't really even care that, you know, the orgasm didn't happen. It'll happen at some point, right? Um, but that completely changed the experience rather than being me, like, being frustrated and angry, like, oh, you got off and I didn't. I was able to be like, oh, okay, I'm having a wonderful experience. I have no expectation of what's going to happen when, when I started out. And that does really change the way in which you show up in your sexual interactions with people. And it really makes for um, a much more juicy, fun, interesting, uh, and pressure-free sexual experience, which is, I think, what we're all looking for. Like, at the end of the day, sex should be fun. We're we're speaking with (laughs) Janae Paylet. She's a sexuality and intimacy coach, and definitely it should be fun. So I'm wondering, are the... Are the changes mental or physical? Should it be both? Is it a combination? Should one come before the other? I mean, we often hear about, you know, a couple breaking up and then one partner gets extremely fit, you know, the quote unquote revenge body and they feel so much better about themselves and, you know, their whole intimate life changes. So would you say the mental, the, the, the mental overrides physical or the physical overrides the mental or is it different for, for everyone? I think it's a combination of both, you know, the the way in which you intend to show up, so like what your mindset is, um, and then physically what is actually happening, you know, in the interaction. You know, another another way to look at this is to also look at similarly, like we're always trying to touch our partner in a way to please them. Oh, I want to make you feel good. Oh, I'm going to touch you this way because I know that you like this. But, you know, what's super powerful is to start to change the paradigm to touching your partner in a way that actually feels good for you. So how can I you know, use my hand to touch your body. That feels really good for me. Like I'm getting pleasure out of my, out of your body 
from on my hand, right? And that completely starts to shift things. First of all, you're much more present with your partner because you're doing it for yourself. And because it feels good for you, it feels so much better for them because you're not just like rubbing them the way you think you want to rub them, but you're touching them in a way in which you're connecting with your own sensation, with the nerve endings on various parts of your body, and they feel that as well. So that's a combination of you know, the, the, the emotional mindset of like, I'm going to be really present and I'm just going to enjoy where we are. And I'm also going to shift physically how I, it it literally is a, a shift of how you touch somebody. And when I do this practice, um, with my couples, you know, they, they're like shocked at how different I actually have them rate it, you know, from one to 10 before I, I show you anything, what does touch feel like? Oh, it's like a five or a six. And then, you know, when we start touching for our own pleasure, it goes up to a nine or a 10. It's a very, very powerful, um, a very powerful way to be able to connect with somebody. So I think the physical piece has to do with it. And I also think, you know, when you're feeling good about yourself, right, when you're feeling good about your body, about your job, about your life, when you have good energy, then that also shows up in your sex life as well when we're feeling down and depressed um, and upset and you know we tend to lose our desire for sex and again I see this as well just like you said all of a sudden somebody starts working out and all of a sudden like oh my god my, my sex drive came back well yeah you're starting to raise your energy level right you're starting to increase the blood flow in all parts of your body including in your genitals so I think that it's a combination of both to be able to, um, you know, really have more fun, juicy sex. And those those pieces are both very, very important. Super important information. I've been honestly taking notes that I'm going to tweet out later in case anyone's missing this whole show. There's definitely a lot to take away from. Sexuality and Intimacy Coach Janae Paylet is on the line with me. She is the author of Living an Orgasmic Life. You can find out all about what she does and get tons of insight and info on her website as well, powerofpleasure.com. You're listening to Passion Ron weeknights from 10 to 11 p.m. talking love, sex, and relationships. More to come still with Janae. I want to talk about holistic pelvis care. We've been talking about touching uh, others for our own pleasure, but I also wanted to talk about taking care of ourselves as well and what is holistic pelvic care that's coming up passion with dr Lori batito on cjad 800 sitting in tonight is paris mansouri We've been spending the hour with Janae Paylet. She's a sexuality and intimacy coach. She's the author of Living an Orgasmic Life, and you can connect with her on powerofpleasure.com. We have sp- we've covered so much from sexual belief <laughs> systems to how to speak to our children uh, to basically mind shifts that are needed to grow and be more confident and to be able to explore our sexuality even further. We were talking about touch 
how important it is. I think we've forgotten how important it is. And that was such a wonderful reminder you offered our listeners. I'm wondering also the care that we can give ourselves. I know you speak about holistic pelvic care, and I wanted to gain a better understanding of what it is and if it's something that you need a practitioner to help you with, or is it something that people can do at home? Yeah, so... um... This is such an important issue for women because so many women suffer from um, painful sex. They suffer from prolapsed bladders and prolapsed uteruses and low back pains and like kind of undiagnosable things that, you know, nobody can really ever wrap their hands on, head around. And in truth, what's really happening with women is that um, shifts are happening in our pelvic floor through gravity, through aging, through surgeries, abdominal surgeries, cesarean sections, episiotomies that form a set of like scar tissues and adhesions that begin to create problems in the pelvic floor. And holistic pelvic care, which is a practice that was started by Tammy Lynn Kent. She's a, she's a pelvic therapist. Um, in a, a, yeah, a pelvic therapist, uh, sorry, a pelvic floor therapist um, and an um, amazing woman created this practice called holistic pelvic care. And holistic pelvic care is a process to be able to both physically help alleviate some of the adhesions and the blockages that are going on in the pelvic floor, both the physical ones, like that I talked about, the physical ones, the adhesions from scar tissue and things shifting around, as well as energetic blocks that we have in our pelvic bowl. Because we as women hold all of our wounding, all of our emotions in our pelvic bowl, our uterus, our vagina, our ovaries, and often our energy gets blocked. And and holistic pelvic care actually looks at the range of... Um, the range, a range of conditions that can happen to women, and it, it also really helps us work through, like, trauma that we've had from cesarean sections, and not only from physical issues, but also from emotional issues. So if you had a horrible breakup, if you've had trauma, if you've had abuse, often it goes through the lineages as well. I'll often notice when I'm working with a woman that something is showing up and it's actually when they start talking about it, it's like, oh yeah, my grandmother was abused or, you know, something else. Um, And so we're really trying to open up the energy panel, the energy channels and the physical uh, blocks that are in the pelvic bowl. Um, and you asked whether this can be done by yourself uh, or by a practitioner. Well, the answer is yes to both. There are holistic pelvic care practitioners. There's not a lot of them, um, but there are some. I don't know if there are any in, um, in Canada. There probably are. Some pelvic floor therapists do some of this work. Um, but every woman should be doing self-care, uh, like pelvic self-massages, vulva vaginal massages you know my teacher says like every woman should put a finger inside of her every day when she's in the shower and just start to smooth out the tissues of the vagina which again through aging and through gravity just start to 
collapse on us, start to get tight. You know, there's a lot of connection between the pelvic floor, the vagina, and the abductor muscles and the thighs. And from running and exercising, like we're constantly putting stress on the pelvic floor. So, so a great self-care practice is to just do like a very gentle vaginal massage with a little bit of lubrication or oil um, every day just to smooth out the tissues. So that's one thing that you can do. And, you know, um, a lot th- there's treatments that we can use in order to help using, have you ever used heard of the castor oil treatment? So castor oil uh, soaks very deeply into the skin. And so there are ways in which um, C-sections and scars from abdominal surgery, that scar tissue basically attaches because it's looking for something to feed onto. It attaches to the bony structure of the pelvis. And that begins to basically start to bring all of our organs down. It tightens everything up. It's one of the reasons that women start feeling tight around the opening of the vagina, which is called the introitus. So that's another way, you know, it's a holistic pelvic care and also sexological body workers, which you do have in Canada, great sexological body workers who can actually help work internally to help smooth out the scar tissue to open up space between the pelvic bone and the bladder. That's what prolapse is. The bladder starts, you know, um, basically collapsing. And what we do in holistic pelvic care and in sexological body work is we internally massage and move the organs very gently and start to um, help that scar tissue, which is usually what the problem is, start to disintegrate. Thank you so much. It's a very powerful practice. (laughs) It is. And it's, I don't know that it's, I've never heard of that. I've never seen, like, I've never heard that kind of description. And when you explain it, the need that you, basically the purpose that it serves, I just feel like we are not giving attention to something that gets gets used pretty much every single day anyways. I'm so grateful to you for the information that you shared. Uh, Is there more information about what you told us on your website? For sure. Absolutely. Thank <laughs> you. Lots of information on my website. It's powerofpleasure.com. Janae, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight and for sharing your time and your wisdom. Thank you, Paris. Can I just say one thing? Uh, Absolutely. If you're interested and you're a woman, on my, I have a Facebook group, Girlfriend Sex Talk, where we talk about sex very candidly. And it's, we've got lots of women asking lots of questions. And I go on live and talk about things. So That's wonderful. Thank you again. Janae Paylet, she's the author of Living an Orgasmic Life. And you can connect with her on that Facebook page or on powerofpleasure.com. That is it for me. I want to thank Brian Callisar for getting this show to air. You've been listening to Passion. Dr. Lori is going to be back with you on Monday night. You can connect with her at Lori at DrLori.com. And you can connect with me at Paris Mansuri on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to fill your life with passion.